You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. So as promised, we're doing something a little different today on Dirty Feet. We've got the Inertia Modern Dance Collective of McGill in studio with us, or at least a, a big portion of this collective. We've got five lovely ladies sitting in front of us who are here to talk about this uh, this Modern Dance Collective. Uh, you guys are responsible for teaching uh, classes, for putting on your own shows, for choreographing and for performing. And uh, I can't wait to hear more about it. And uh, McGill it doesn't have a, a dance department of its own. This is one of uh, a couple collectives that the university has uh, as part of the student body. And uh, we're really curious, uh, the, the three of us, uh, Stephanie, JD, and myself, we've come from uh, Concordia University, and they have a contemporary dance department there. And uh, I can only imagine that what you do with Inertia is very different than what we've done with, uh, with Concordia. So we're very curious to, to have you here. And uh, I'd like to first do a round and uh, introduce everyone we've got around the table, starting with uh, Mia Schaffer. Thanks for being here. Hi there, I'm Mia. And uh, next up, we've got uh, Kaya Pino. Hello, I'm Kaya. <laughs> and then we've got Christina Jameson. Hi, I'm Christina. And you are also the president of uh, Inertia, correct? Yes, I am. Great. We've also got uh, Rachel Cross Calvert. Hello. <laughs> and Merritt Millman, who is the Artistic Director of Inertia. Hello. Great. So that's what's going on here. I also love the fact that uh, you, you ladies uh, also come with a variety of different, uh, of different majors in university, from <laughs> behavioral neuroscience to world cinema, mechanical engineering, and economics. This blows my mind. <laughs> so let's take a second and talk to each one of you uh, about what you're, what you're studying but also about where you come from uh, in your dance history. I'd like to start with uh, our president here, Christina. Hi. So, Christina, what is your history with dance? Um, I grew up in Vancouver, so I, I actually did a program in high school where I'd leave high school at one and go dance for the rest of the day. Yeah, so it was pretty intensive. I've always been dancing a lot every day. Um, I went to Sentinel Secondary School, and I danced with Dance Mode Productions. And uh, what did you come to McGill for? Um, I came to McGill for sciences, and I'm now majoring in physiology and minoring in math. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what has encouraged you to keep dancing throughout your university career? Um, you know, it was kind of tough to leave high school and to choose to pursue academics, um, I just realized that this big part of your life just may stop, and that was pretty scary. Um, my sister also continued dancing outside of high school, so I kind of had this comparison where I knew I was never going to pursue it full-time again. Um, and then when I got into inertia, it was it's a pretty amazing place to just keep up that creative dancing side. Now, did you participate in Inertia before you became president of it? Yes. So this is my fourth year in Inertia. I'm actually graduating from McGill this year. So my second year as president. Now, when I understand 
that there's also a big production element to what you guys do, that you're responsible for, for producing your own shows and for fundraising to keep the collective going. So are you, are you must be the responsible one for overseeing all this kind of uh, production aspect of the, of the collective. Yeah, so we, we, we are a collective, so we try and do a lot of things together and I'll pull our weight to make everything work. But I definitely make sure that we have a theater for our show and that someone's doing our lighting and make sure everything happens. So, yeah. And uh, if we could jump then to Merritt Millman, who is the artistic director. And uh, I would also like to hear about uh, about what your history in dance is. So I'm originally from Toronto, uh, and I grew up dancing at CCDT, or Canadian Contemporary Dance Theatre. And um, I trained in ballet and modern the years that I was there, so from like 8 to 16. Uh, and I was part of their pre-professional company, so for a long time, dance was a really big part of my life. Um, so yeah, coming to McGill, I was really excited to find a modern collective because other schools will have like a dance group or a club or something, but something that was specifically modern was really exciting to find. Um, yeah, and this is my third year as part of Inertia and my first year as artistic director, and it is wonderful, <laughs> and I love it. So, so what does the role of artistic director mean to you? Um, basically, coming up with creative ideas for the show, um, how things should run, I guess, um, making sure that the show will be cohesive. Um, yeah, things like that. <laughs> you say the show as opposed to shows. So yeah, well, our we have our biggest like final show in March. Um, so that's what we've just started preparing for, actually. And that's what we do uh, all of second semester is get ready for that. So we have people choreographing and just, yeah, preparation for that show. So and how does that work? Do, do all the members of Inertia choreograph? or just certain members who are um, interested in it? Everyone has the opportunity. So this year, actually, everyone is choreographing, and I think that's one of the first times that's happened, maybe. Definitely the, this is Christina. Definitely the first time in four years that that's happened. Yeah, so that's really exciting because um, everyone does come from different backgrounds, so it's really awesome to see what different people bring to the table. Um, yeah, and that makes our show really unique. So, And how many are you this year? We are 10, so okay. we're quite small. Um, compared to the other groups at McGill, but that means we're a really tight-knit family and we're all super close. So, What are the other groups at McGill? Um, I think there's a couple. Some are more bigger than others. There's Mosaica is a more of a jazz, jazz yeah. type group. And then there's Urban Groove, who we've actually done a lot of work with. They invite us to their shows and stuff. Um, they're like a street dance hip-hop group. Um, and then there's some other smaller, newer groups, but yeah. Okay, let's let's get the the lowdown on some of these other uh, members. Kaya, hello. Um, so my background in dance has been really informal for the majority of my life. Um, started when I was five. Um, a com- oh, did I say I'm from Toronto? Not yet. Guess uh, <laughs> what? I'm from Toronto. Um, <laughs> When I was five, just dropping in on workshops, um, mainly in West African style by visiting artists. Uh, My family uh, is very into music, and uh, my aunt is African drummer, so when they had drum workshops, they would always have a dance accompanist. So I would just take the dance classes instead of just sitting in the corner 
dance on my own. So um, I did that, and that predominantly happened in church basements and halls. So not until I was eight did I get the chance to be in actual studios and have mirrors and have proper floors that were not concrete and apparently about for my body. Um, and then I started at COBA, which is Collective of Black Arts, and I did more formal training, so um, ballet elements as well as keeping the West African and um, other contemporary styles. And I was there and part of their junior company for a year, then did a little hiatus, and... Um, I was a pretty wild eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, started jazz at uh, the Randolph Academy and did jazz and musical theater there for the next couple of years. And then in high school, went to Tobacco School of the Arts. So you take ballet and you take modern and did some places at TDT, taking modern um, I've taken classes wherever I have the funds to produce. I've taken styles in Haitian, Afro-Cuban, Brazilian, really just anything I can get my hands on. And I like the, I'm really into music and I just like anything that makes me want to move. So just do it. So with, with all these different styles in your background, how did you settle on the, on joining the modern dance collective? That's really the only um, group that uh, existed within the realms of things that I've done. I haven't really done much hip-hop, and um, jazz, I think, is good for me to a point, but I couldn't go, like, the competitive route, which is sort of the mosaicas feel. Um, and also, I knew people from Etobicoke School of the Arts who were attending McGill that were also there, so they encouraged me to do it. And when I was in grade 9, some of them were in grade 12, so I was sort of looking up to them like, oh my god, I can't believe I get to dance with them, because they're always this unobtainable, like the stars at the school. So I was a little bit starstruck, uh, really embarrassing, but now I call them my friends, and now I'm cool like they are, so <laughs> yay me. <laughs> And you're studying uh, economics. At yeah, yeah. Um, studying economics um, teaches you not to pursue a career in economics. It's a little bit boring, but it's really useful because like everything's economics, and I get to use all these fancy terms, and no one really knows about them, and I don't really know about them, but I'll use them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, I'd love to hear about your background in dance. Um, I also grew up in BC. I actually competed against Christina sometimes growing up. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, I danced at a studio called Dance in Motion for a lot of years growing up. Same sort of go to school, then go to dance all evening. Um, I did a lot of ballet training with RAD. I'm not sure if everyone's familiar with that. It's Royal Academy of Dance exams, so a lot of that. And then as I got older, I went into a lot of acrobatics and musical theater kind of stuff, the kind of thing I love. And yeah, um, when I came to university, I just like, it wasn't an option not to dance. So I had to find something. <laughs> and you're studying mechanical engineering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does, does this line up or contrast or, or what does that have to do with a... Uh does, is dance just a release from, from the stress of that kind of work? <laughs> uh, it's not as stressful as I guess you could think it is. It's not like they go together. I mean, well, maybe they do. I haven't found a way for them to go together yet. They're just two different aspects of me that coexist, I guess. <laughs> um, it's really interesting, and it's something I'm 
really like doing, and so is dance. <laughs> They're just two different ways that I do it. And for Mia, last but not least. Well, you're probably going to be hearing a lot of the same information that's been passed around the table for a bit. I'm from Toronto. I grew up dancing with CCDT. That's where I first met Merritt when I was about 12. Um, CCDT was an amazing experience. I danced there from the age of 12 to the age of 18, although I did do a show with them just last year in the spring. Uh, CCDT, I trained in ballet and modern, as you've probably heard before, quite intensively. We were a performing company, which means that we would rehearse maybe about 25 hours to 30 hours a week and then go on various shows and perform for school groups across Ontario. So I was able to get a lot of performing experience with them, a lot of life um kind of a way of life of being on the road, of working with um, theater and tech people and communicating with the audience of all different ages because we would do shows for um, very young students, maybe in kindergarten or grade one, all the way up to public performances for adults and for other performing artists from Toronto. So the exposure to these performing artists in Toronto that I got from CCDT was something that I really have not been able to appreciate enough from through the company and the work that I was doing there. I was able to meet up with a lot of very uh, well-known and established dance artists in Toronto, take classes with them, participate in workshops, or even perform in the same shows as them. Um, in addition to CCDT, I also, like Kaya, went to the Etobicoke School of the Arts from grades 9 to 12. And like she said, we trained in ballet and modern there. So the bulk of my training really has just been in ballet and modern. And at Etobicoke School of the Arts, that was kind of where I really got the experience of like learning to create, learning to work with other people, learning to be kind of a team player and and figure out my own um choreographic process and theater process that would later come to help me a lot uh, with inertia and working with the collective. And for your, your, is it a double major that you're doing in English literature and world cinema? Um, well, English literature is my major and world cinema is my minor. Okay. I, I have an easier time seeing the link there. I mean, you're, you're very mm -hmm. interested, it seems, in, in the arts. I am. I. What's interesting is that for me, when I was growing up, it was generally, you know, academics come first dance and the arts are great and they're a great hobby to have but they're not something to pursue professionally so when I came to grade 12 I'd been so involved in like the art scene and working on my specific creative process in all different types of mediums so I like to do a lot of writing I like to do a lot of choreographing and dancing and collaborate with other artists on films or theater productions. But I thought, you know, if I'm not going to pursue this professionally, maybe I should go to McGill. But upon going to McGill and really starting in um, academics, because in the first year, at least in the arts program, you don't really select a major or field right away. You kind of take a bit of everything, figure out what you like. Um, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to let this artistic side of me just go entirely. So I, it was something that I had originally been intent on, you know, like, that is my past. I'm just going to leave that behind for a little while, try something else. But I wasn't able to leave it behind in the slightest. So I knew that. English literature, world cinema, and Dancing with Inertia would be probably the best outlets for me to get that part of um, my identity and that part of the way I'd been living and creating back into a more academic environment. 
I would like to know how one goes about becoming a part of inertia. Is there an audition process or is everyone welcome? How does that work? Uh, this is Christina. So there's, I kind of fell into inertia by mistake. My friend was just like, you're coming to the callbacks with me. And I was like, but I did an audition. And then I just went and got in. <laughs> but I would say the average inertia member, there's a big night at McGill called Activities Night. And most, there's hundreds of people that go and each of the student clubs sets up a little table and everybody comes around and we're always in the dancing room and people like come around and chat to you and all the groups are set up so they can look at all the different dance groups. So usually that's how we get most of the people to know about Inertia, I think. Um, yeah, we have an email list and then we hold auditions in the fall. So we'll hold just an open audition. We encourage anybody to come regardless of your background. We always say it's a free class, <laughs> if anything. Um, and then we hold callbacks and then we'll let you know. But, and, yeah. and that's true, too, that there's another group of people that would come and attend your classes, but not necessarily be part of the collective. Right. We hold some open classes throughout the year um, just for anyone from all levels. And who's teaching those classes? I mean, all 10 of you or all of us. Yeah. yeah. We take turns like different exercises. Each person has, I don't know what they usually like doing best. So, yeah, all of us are there and it's a fun experience. And it's a way to promote inertia as well. So hopefully we'll be having a few of those this semester. Yeah, there's often quite a f quite well, at least we get quite a few people saying like, oh, modern sounds really cool, but yeah. I've never done it before. So that's really awesome. And we want to encourage people to try it out. But maybe not being part of inertia is that realistic. But it's definitely cool to see those people come out and try it out. Awesome. Totally necessary. And are these uh, drop-in classes where anybody could kind of show up without ha necessarily having to sign up and follow through during the whole semester? Yeah, it's just like mm -hmm. you just show up and we teach you a class. <laughs> you Sometimes we charge a really small fee just to help us out. <laughs> um, but, I mean, usually it's $5 or something. So something very reasonable. Um, my main question, because you guys have uh, majors that seem to, well, from my perspective, take a lot of personal time as far as studying, research, um, homework, just projects, everything. How does one go about balancing, um, you know, just having time to actually go to rehearsals and also, you know, uh, be up to date with deadlines? <laughs> This is a good question. <laughs> um, I find that, at least for me, this is merit. Uh, the busier that I am, the more that I get done. And um, having lots of schoolwork is extremely stressful, but then dance is my release for that, like, 100%. So I find the fact that I have that, even though it makes me busier, is why I can do the courses that I'm doing and the major that I'm pursuing. So that's... Yeah, that's how it is for me, at least. Um, this is Kaya. I totally agree. The busier, the better. I do uh, inertia school. I have a part-time job, and I was formerly the um, VP events for the Economic Student Association, so I had it like a little bit quite very packed. Um, so the busier you are, the more I find that I get done. And coming to dance is just um, not only something I do, but it's a privilege 
and it allows me to just get my head together and get focused. And then also um, being with these girls helps so much and just getting everything off your chest. We have a really important part of inertia is circle. So right before we start any class, we all sit in a circle and we talk about our day or week or something significant. And I remember when I was in my first year, um, coming down residence and walking towards the gym, get ready for rehearsal. I was so excited to think about what I was going to talk about in circle. It's a great time. And we all just sit there and talk and get everything off our chest. We all laugh. We sometimes cry. Sometimes you just can't keep it in anymore. And we're all about to bust from school and everything else we're doing. So I think it's really a privilege and really a release. And maybe we couldn't do what we do and keep up with everything else if we didn't have this dance outlet and these people to be there to support us. Um, since you're all out of towners, how, how much of a role did inertia play in you adapting to Montreal, adapting to this new scene that you're in, this new community? Uh, this is Kaya. I think it's still tough to adapt to Montreal from our perspective because McGill is such a little bubble that um, it's hard to expand even for people like us that are really wanting to reach out to the community just with eating up time and being somewhere so close to campus that it's hard to reach out but through inertia we're able to do things like this where if it wasn't for inertia we wouldn't have had this time with you or figure out what everything's all about which is really unfortunate because there's so much incredible dance in Montreal and so through inertia we can go to shows with somebody so it's something that we can do together and being in a new uh, city we won't be intimidated because a lot of us know a lot about what's going on in our own cities and so it feels more natural to go out and to go to these shows and maybe you'll see somebody you recognize but it's not as intimidating as going to a very new place where there is sometimes like a language barrier so having other people to go with you and attend and are very interested in what you're interested in also helps you with your exploration as well um inertia gave me and all of us the opportunity for bouge dc so that was very exciting because um, before I was in Inertia. I had never choreographed before. So just being in this collective gave me that opportunity. And through that, we found the opportunity of Bouge DC. And this has now happened. So that was extremely exciting this year, too, and a good way to get involved in the Montreal community. And that, of course, was Merritt yes. Illman, <laughs> presenting her work as part of the Common Space Showcase next week. I was going to say, even just, yeah, this is Christina. Um, I know for me, I've kind of every year... <laughs> At least for the past two years, I've been president. It's been kind of this big hunt to find an appropriate theater for our main show in March. Um, our show is actually the 28th and 29th at Lispas 4001. And it's been really cool for me because I kind of like go out on the internet and research all of these theaters in Montreal. And I email everybody and I've gone to see a bunch of theaters. That's how I... I um, looked into Mainline last year, and um, we didn't end up using the space, but the guy was like, we have this dance festival, here's a pamphlet. And then, I mean, now Merit, I'm so excited to see Merit's piece and what it's become on Wednesday. So I think that just even physically being out there dancing in Montreal makes a difference. 
And um, have you had time to, to go see shows in Montreal to discover a bit of the dance scene that's that's happening in Montreal? Do you know like some of the professional choreographers working in the city? Is it something that you've been pursuing also as part of the group as Inertia? This is Mia. Um, well, we have been looking into many performances and opportunities to see shows. A lot of the time, these shows that we do go to are the bigger name companies and the bigger choreographers who would perform at like the larger theaters. For example, um, some of the members of Inertia went to see the anniversary performance of Place des Arts um, with Les Cron and um, Rubber Band and uh, Marie Chouinard. And uh, we also went to see the Rubber Band show, uh, which was just a few months ago, and have tickets to Wayne McGregor. So a lot of these bands aren't necessarily Montreal-based, nor are they local to Quebec, but it would be interesting to get the opportunity to perhaps go to smaller-scale shows, something a little bit more intimate and more connected to the community. Um, I feel like the Bushi Sea Festival and the connection to Mainline is going to help provide us with this opportunity to go find out more about Montreal-based uh, performances and artists. But I feel sometimes that, like our issues integrating into the Montreal community at times, this can be harder to find, especially when you have a lot going on with school and inertia. Sometimes the only things that become most available to you quickly are the ones that are bigger, and it would take a lot more effort and a lot more um, perseverance to find the shows that are perhaps more interesting and smaller. But, of course, we are willing to put in that effort. So it's just a matter of time and, and you know, to figure it out. You just got to listen to the Dirty Feet podcast every week. Absolutely. <laughs> Merit, you were saying uh, you only started choreographing when you started uh, dancing with Inertia. I'm curious if, if uh, some of the other uh, ladies are in the same boat where uh, you've started your, your choreographic process within Inertia. And, and if so, how does that start? Where do you start choreographing from? Um, this is Kaya. Uh, like Merritt, I also started uh, choreographing with Inertia. I tried to dabble in a bit in high school, but um, it's a different type of environment. Uh, studying, uh, studying dance in high school, and there's a lot of other things going on, and it's not as pushing you into explore things as much as Inertia is, and it's I feel a lot more safe with Inertia than I did in high school because you have to audition your pieces for um, the teachers and stuff like that. Whereas uh, Inertia, it's sort of we fill out choreography sheets and we all have the same vision as to where the show is going to go. So you already feel as part of the process. Um, personally, for me, I'm a humongous music fan. I'm a s severe obsession. So a lot of the time, um, I'll just be listening to music and then something will just make me move. And I'm like, okay, keep doing this, keep doing this, keep listening to the music. And then through that, I'm just thinking, what can I do with this? And um, I'm also graduating this year. So I'm really, really nervous about what I'm going to do with that little choreography itch that I've gotten um, post inertia. So I think it's been really, really great outlet to explore the different side of dance. And I actually think I've, um, enjoy that in a very different way than actual dancing and maybe even a little bit more. I really love the creation side of it. So I'm really glad that Inertia is giving me that space to do it. 
when you talk about the show as a whole, does it mean that you you share themes in each of the independent works? Um, Kai, again, this has changed uh, year after year. We've had, uh, because we have people graduating, there's rotating of roles. So we have people with different backgrounds, um, different approach. Sometimes the end of your show has just been... Um, a title that's thrown on afterwards and we let people do whatever they want. So it becomes more of a student works with a big variety. Um, lately we've been trying to push it more towards cohesive theme because sometimes student works are just so stark between the pieces that it's really harsh on the ears and on the eyes to be in the audience. Um, so this year we've actually uh, created a full um, concept. We're going to do the progression of someone's life. So then we just laid out um, events that we think that should be followed and are really key events in someone's life that we uh, would like to pursue. And then each person sort of grabbed one of those times. And so we're going to follow that timeline to do uh, the work. So it's been a process creating concepts, but it's just showing how inertia's constantly evolving and how we're becoming more of the company that we really want to be. This is Christina. Um, I know for me, I had never choreographed anything before. Um, and I think it's also, I don't know, it's a pretty unique experience because you, you're suddenly able to choreograph a whole piece, but it's more than that. You have like a really strong connection with your dancers and they're your friends and you can, I don't know, it feels so much more than just having a group of dancers that you throw choreography at and you have the opportunity to get inside the theater and create like a lighting theme so you can really present your piece how you want it to be seen by the audience. So I think that whole aspect, like from start to the actual production of the piece and the show and how the audience sees it is a pretty cool experience that I definitely didn't have before. And also you can own it because it's like this, like we are inertia and it's our show and we can do whatever we want with it. It's not someone else's show that we're just, a, you know, have a part of. It's we really feels like it's our own. We have this problem at Concordia often where uh, where everyone wants to be a choreographer and no one wants to be a dancer. I'm wondering with your group of 10, you're all you're all creating works and I imagine dancing in each other's works. Is that ever an issue? Is there some negotiation of like, okay, I, I you know, I can't take on too much. I, I'm dancing for six people. Come on, guys. Um, this is Merit. It doesn't really seem to be an issue usually. Like how we decide who's in what is the president and artistic director go through all of the choreography sheets um, to make sure, first of all, like everything seems to be working with this particular idea that we have. And then also like if there were specific people the choreographer asked for, can we accommodate that? And usually everyone ends up being in about an equal number of works, so probably about half the show, which seems like a lot, but people are usually pretty excited to dance in as much as they can so and and what's the length of the show i know that you guys are at the beginning of the the process of putting it together but do you have a goal of how long you would like it to be this year it's probably an hour and a half to two hours that's going to be my best guess it's that's what it usually ends up being like with intermission things like that but i think somewhere around there 
And after all of this happens, and I, I know uh, as a, an ex-university uh, student thinking about uh, graduating and then like that first step into the real world, um, do any of you have plans to continue? And is there kind of an open door for um, ex-company members to come back, you know, once once they are graduated? And are there people who are still present even though they're not necessarily at McGill studying? Um, this is Kaya. We definitely have an open door to alum to come back. Um, we become slightly obsessed with each other through the process of inertia. Or, as you know, dancers are always on top of each other. You just roll around, and we become very close. And so, whenever anybody comes back into town, they always ask, "Can I come into the class?" And we always say, "Of course." We've had um, ex inertians come and choreograph pieces. So be part of the show or be part of um, our first half of the semester where we do a lot of showcasing and other companies' shows. So they have their hand in it just as much as they want and as much as we have time for them. And we always love them to come back. We always miss them so much. Um, but also a note about Inertia is that um, you don't have to be a McGill student to be a part of Inertia. We've had um, in the past, I believe, students that have been from Concordia that maybe weren't pursuing dance but did it on the side and wanted to be a part of it. Um, we had um, a member of ours who had graduated and she just still lived in Montreal and so she still uh, participated for two years past graduation. So as much as people want to continue to be a part of it and are committed to it, we're open to having them back. There's um, there's quite a lot of different groups and activities at, at McGill um, about the arts. So like there's a lot of musical theater, regular theater. Are any of you part of any anything else other than inertia? Like there's a lot of theater and musical theater, as I said, since a few of you have that kind of background. is Are you guys doing that also on the side or? Uh, this is Mia. Um, generally, we don't. We, with our busy schedules and the amount of um, time and effort that we like to commit and invest in inertia, we would we tend to stick to just having that as our main priority, along with our academic studies. But uh, like you mentioned, there are quite a few other companies and groups at McGill, so we often have an opportunity to collaborate and uh, incorporate what we do with them. So I think Christina mentioned that earlier. We did a show with Urban groove which is the hip-hop group um, I have a lot of friends who are very involved with the theater group at McGill and they've reached out to us to incorporate in various um, arts performance nights where we can either do a piece of our own or perhaps collaborate with other artists um, I have a another friend who's involved with um, an acapella group and is interested in also collaborating with inertia so there are a lot of different opportunities for us to become involved with other groups at McGill without necessarily joining the them ourselves because often there are you know scheduling conflicts someone has a one group may have a show at this theater at this time but we also have a show at that time so it might just become too complicated to do that but we still have nonetheless have the opportunity to work with them um this is kaya sometimes there is uh little ways that we can sneak in and throw a little bit of our influence that way um for example when they have 
uh, fashion shows. Sometimes they need pieces choreographed or maybe for the theater, they need a dance sequence. So they'll reach out, but they have a larger pool to pick from with all the different dance groups. So if we can participate in that, then we do. But that's morally, uh, sorry, morally, that's not a word. That's more on an individual basis and uh, allotting for the time that you have to commit to it. Uh, this is Christina. I know I've been involved in a big fashion show called Synesthesia, and they choose a charity to support every year. Um, and I've I've danced with them, just like auditioned, and we were a separate group of dancers. And then one year they just invited all the groups to dance. Um, and one year I I danced as an acapella group sang, which was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, there there is some crossover, but it. It, I mean, I'm in my fourth year, and the academic workload is pretty large, so it does get tough because you w- always want to do a lot more than you actually have time for. So as far as uh, producing a show goes, uh, or behind any collective or company, there are costs that kind of come into play. Um, I did hear earlier that you guys did have fundraisers or sometimes charge you know, a very small fee of $5 for classes. Um, what have been your fundraising strategies and what, um, yeah, I guess, how does how does that all work out? Does McGill, is there some kind of uh, support from the student, uh, I don't know if it's student council or from, from your school to, to, have, to help with this funding? Um, this is Kaya. So we do have um, an activity fee for all the members of Inertia, which is $50, and that counts for the entire um, year. Our whole season um, but on top of that we do reach out to we fall under the student uh, union group so SMU and through that we can apply for funding there's various little funds that they have so we apply to them we let them know what's going on we have to produce uh, regular audits every semester so they know where our funds are going and make sure everything's legit we're not running a little side business going on. Um, so we do that, and then we've been lucky enough to get funding from them, and that helps a great deal. But there is um, other avenues that we can apply for funding around school. It's just like a manner of trying to find those places. But we also have fundraisers. We had um, a night um, in the first semester at the bar <laughs> name will be disclosed. Uh, Brutopia. Oh, it's great. They have Brutopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The place with the beer. So we had um, our friends' bands attend and they were able to play sets. So then we just charged a small fee and they were able to get drink deals and that helps us a great deal. We also have uh, participate in McGill's famous samosa sales. It's a very it's a big deal. It is a very <laughs> widely used fundraising strategy around campus. You buy a giant box of samosas and people are very aware of what time you should be selling. <laughs> very aware if you are late and the delivery is late you have teachers like custodians students saying i'm sorry but the samosa should be here now (laughs) they're saying it's not my fault but you'll be the first one to get one so we do we do dabble in a lot of different fundraising any way that we can we can get some funds because we do pay for everything. We have our studio space and we do four hours a week in um, the fall and six hours a week for the winter semester. And then we also have our theater cost, our costume costs, which also change based on how many pieces and 
how much money we have and if anybody can choose from our small box of past costumes. So we try to be as economical as we can, but it's still a little bit, a little bit costly. <laughs> um, in the professional dancing, one of the main sources of cost is usually uh, studio space. So how are you guys set up for that? Uh, do you have a studio space that's being rented or that's being free from McGill or do you have to find something else on your own? Uh, this is Christina. So usually we rent space from the McGill Athletic Center. They have quite a few rooms that you can rent out with mirrors and everything. Yeah, they do give a pretty good cost to SMU groups. Um, so that helps us out a lot because um, it can get pretty expensive, especially once you start reaching outside of the McGill community and the student budgeting. <laughs> um, I know we had a conflict with um, the gym and they took they rebooked over the time we were supposed to have and we had to look out to the community and it I mean, $30 an hour is pretty expensive for a group of 10 poor students. <laughs> um, but we, we have managed to find we were, we've been rehearsing at Ballet Divertimento, which is luckily right next to our campus, and they managed to give us a price we could really afford, which has um, kind of saved us. So that's good. But yeah, usually through the McGill Gym, which is also where the other dance groups rehearse. Um, you call the troupe uh, Modern Dance uh, Troupe or Company, uh, but Modern Dance is a pretty broad umbrella term when it comes to dance. So, how would you describe the? Um, so, uh, how would you trace back to your the, the roots of the company? Like, what kind of movements? What kind of artists do you feel inspired the creation? Do you feel that there is something very clear and distinct in the inspiration of the company and the movement? And Kaya, I think that. It's a, I think modern is like a really good term to use because it is so large and because we have such diverse backgrounds in the group and we have such turnover, which is pretty much every four years you have a completely new set of girls, completely new set of dancers. Um, some people don't even have modern experience when they enter the company. So it's hard to maintain like one clear, solid vision going through so I, but I think it's really good that it stays so fresh so I can't think of putting um, a clear, more clear name than modern because we like to dabble in other things and make sure that people have the space to breathe so we just sort of allow that with what we're doing but it has been we have been a little bit lucky the past couple of years or at least I've been there for Uh, four years because we have some people that have similar training or similar backgrounds attended the same schools so we had actually like a fair amount of run of Etobicoke School of the Arts so we had the same teachers so we could continue some elements but still we actually have a lot of evolution that goes on Well, just to wrap up, uh, we do. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, but I do want to just slip it in there again that uh, you can catch at uh, Bouge DC this week, the Common Space Showcase. You'll see uh, Merritt Milliman's work where she's dancing in it along with uh, Rachel, Mia, and, uh, and Kaya, who we've been speaking with today. Um, and Christina's not in the work, but Christina is the president of Inertia. I'm wondering if you could remind us of uh, your end-of-year show dates and where to find uh, more information about that. 
Um, so our end of year show is going to be March 29th and 30th at Lispas for 001. Um, yeah, I think there'll be a lot more information coming out um, in the near future. <laughs> um, yeah. And for anyone interested in learning more about inertia or, or possibly to join the team, uh, where would you send them? Um, I would send them to our Facebook page, which everybody should like. Um, <laughs> there's some written information about us and also um, pictures from all of our past shows. So you can check out what we look like on stage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some beautiful photos up there of you guys. Yeah, we've been really lucky to have some great photographers. Great. So we've been speaking again with uh, Merritt Millman, Rachel Cross-Calvert, Mia Schaefer, Kaya Pino, Christina Jamison. Thank you so much for joining us today on Dirty Feet. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> We're going to take a listen to Nova by Burial and Fortet. This is the music from Merritt's piece that's going to be a part of the Bouge DC Festival. It was originally shown last March in the Inertia Showcase.
Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theater. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Morin-Robert You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.